0: Good afternoon. Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. we we'll look forward to having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. This afternoon's episode is titled, I have driven him out for his wickedness. It shall be focused on a study of Ezekiel chapter 31. Before we go any further, we begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee, Lord, that who is like unto Thee, O Lord, among the gods. We thank Thee, Father, to know that Your faithfulness and doers unto all generations. We pray, Father, asking You to speak to us out of Thy Word today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Ezekiel chapter 31.
1: Ezekiel 31 And it came to pass in the eleventh year, in the third month, and the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak unto Pharaoh king of Egypt, and to his multitude, whom art thou like in thy greatness? Behold, the Assyrian was a cedar in Lebanon, with fair branches, and with a shadowing shroud, and of unhigh stature, and his top was among the thick boughs. The waters made him great, The deep set him up on high with her rivers running round about his plants, and sent out her little rivers unto all the trees of the field. Therefore his height was exalted above all the trees of the field, and his boughs were multiplied, and his branches became long because of the multitude of waters when he shot forth. All the fowls of heaven made their nests in his boughs, and under his branches did all the beasts of the field bring forth their young, and under his shadow dwelt all great nations. Thus was he fair in his greatness, in the length of his branches, for his root was by great waters. The cedars in the garden of God could not hide him, the fir trees were not like his boughs, and the chestnut trees were not like his branches, nor any tree in the garden of God was like unto him in his beauty. I have made him fair by the multitude of his branches, so that all the trees of Eden that were in the garden of God, envied him. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Because thou hast lifted up thyself in height, and he hath shot up his top among the thick boughs, and his heart is lifted up in his height, I have therefore delivered him into the hand of the mighty one of the heathen. He shall surely deal with him. I have driven him out for his wickedness. And strangers, the terrible of the nations, have cut him off and have left him upon the mountains, and in all the valleys his branches are fallen, and his boughs are broken by all the rivers of the land, and all the people of the earth are gone down from his shadow, and have left him. Upon his ruin shall all the fowls of the heaven remain, and all the beasts of the field shall be upon his branches. To the end that none of all the trees by the waters exalt themselves for their height neither shoot up their top among the thick boughs, neither their trees stand up in their height, or they drink water. For they are all delivered unto death to the nether parts of the earth, in the midst of the children of men, with them that go down to the pit. Thus saith the Lord God, In the day when he went down to the grave, I caused the mourning, I covered the deep for him, and I restrained the floods thereof, and the great waters were stayed. And I caused Lebanon to mourn for him, and all the trees of the field fainted for him. I made the nations to shake at the sound of his fall, when I cast him down to hell with them that descend into the pit. And all the trees of Eden, the choice and best of Lebanon, all that drink water, shall be comforted in another parts of the earth. They also went down into hell with him, unto them that be slain with the sword. And they that were his arm, That dwelt under his shadow in the midst of the heathen. To whom art thou thus like in glory and in greatness among the trees of Eden? Yet shalt thou be brought down with the trees of Eden unto the nether parts of the earth. Thou shalt lie in the midst of the uncircumcised with them that be slain by the sword. This is Pharaoh and all his multitude, saith the Lord God.
0: Up next. We shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, The Third Exodus. This was preached in 1963 on June the 30th in the morning. We'll begin at paragraph 211 up to paragraph 302. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing.
2: Yeah, faith makes the word of God its sanctuary of its eternal rest. It lays the word of God. Notice again, now, we just got a little bit longer, about 25 minutes, if you, if you don't mind. I want to continue this tape just a minute. Notice, the king, that new king that raised up that didn't know Joseph, what was his first scheme to destroy the power of Israel? was with their children. Is that right? He tried to destroy their children. Now, listen close. The same devil in a different form of a kingship tried to destroy God's only son. See, get rid of the children first before they get a start. The devil is a real smart, shrewd bird. He knows how to hit the thing before he gets started. He knows it. See? And the only thing that you can ever do to beat him is rely on Christ and humble yourself and let him lead you. Yeah. You'll never do it any other way. Your intellectual powers will never do it. You've got to believe it. Just rely on Him. He is the shepherd. It ain't the sheep's business to keep the wolf away. It's the shepherd's business. But the sheep must stay with the shepherd in order to stay safe. That's my safety zone, is in Christ, and Christ is the Word. That's the safety zone. Notice, the devil in the form of is uh, a king. The first thing he done was get rid of the children with a natural death. And as soon as the Son of God was born, he had moved from Egypt because God destroyed Egypt. First, it's never come back since. Then he was in Rome. Satan moved his, his seat up to Rome. And the first thing Rome did to destroy it all, to get, be sure the devil in that Roman system tried to destroy what? The Son of God to begin with. Right, same devil. And today, he's done the same thing. On the side of spirit now, religious. Professing Christianity and taking our girls and marrying them to Catholic boys and make them bring their children Catholic to break the power of the other side. There's your demon. There's your devil seated on seven hills wearing triple crowns. Just as slick and cunning, smart, intellectual like the serpent. The seed of the serpent his children using the same intellectual techniques look then they kill the children in the other two times they kill the children with what? two times now remember watch that two and then three he killed the children the first two times with natural death and this last time he's getting the children and killing them with spiritual death marrying intermarrying didn't Daniel say the same thing in this kingdom of the iron and clay that they're mingling seeds trying to break the power of the other people? And that's what they're doing? So they got the thing now. They got a president in. Now the next thing you have to do is put, a, is put the cardinal in. <laughs> put the whole cabinet in and then what are you going to do? Next thing they do, they take their money in and pay off the debt of the United States and borrow it from the church and then you're sold out. And now we're we're living today paying... Our foreign debts over there with tax money that won't be paid in until 40 years has passed. We have no more money, but the church has it. Don't the Bible say she was decked with gold and, oh, my. <laughs> but you, that's the way it does. See, marry your daughters, your daughters marry your sons, raise your children Catholic. Exactly, it kills them with spiritual death. Didn't the Bible say that He would throw her in a bed of worldliness and kill her children with spiritual death? Yeah. Revelation 17. It's always the Word. I don't care where you go, it's still the Word. It has to fit right in the picture. If it don't, it's not the Word. It's not the Word. If you can't make it go all the way through the Bible, then it's wrong. Look, during this time, God was training His servant for His work, training him out of their sight, out of their plans, or schemes. Are you catching it? Out of their organizational system, God was training a man. For his purpose. He's just letting it go on. let him marry and have his wife and children, child, Gershom. He's living a pretty good life, blessing him out there. But all time, he was getting him ready, training. God and his enemy did in the natural then, just like God and his enemy is doing in the spiritual now. They killed him with natural death, now with spiritual death. See? God was getting a natural man ready, his prophet, to go down into Egypt. And Satan was getting Aramis's ready, his natural man, see? Getting a natural man ready, what? To kill off or unite all the Egyptians and Hebrews together and make them still serve them. That's why it's so hard for the mind to reason against an educational system that can prove its points. That's right. Mind will always go to the education. Intellectuals and reasoning mind don't even see it. Did you see uh, Cecil DeMille's um, uh, Ten Commandments? I guess many of you did. I don't believe in going to picture shows, all this stuff, but I recommended to the church that anybody that if they didn't have nothing but that, that wanted to see it, it would be all right if they wanted to see it because... I would not let uh, First, some of my brethren went. They come telling me I hadn't been a, around one for many years. Finally, I went down here when it was at this drive-in. I looked at it. I seen what it was. and I said to the church, if you want to go see that, it's all right. There it was it as lovely, beautiful. How did that trick of the devil, how sly he was in there, how he, he moved in there to kill those children and how that the intellectual mind picked it up. And believed it because they could see it and it was reasonable. Oh, how God was all the time training this prophet. And how uh, Egypt was training in politics this Ramesses to take over. And then the great contest came one day between intellectual and spiritual power. And Ramesses with all of his gods standing out there and pouring water into the blessed God of the Nile God struck him and blood flew out of him. Oh, I I thought it was striking to see what taking place. Oh, not watch. The intellectual always goes to a reasoning and it can't see the spiritual side because it's intellectual. Oh, neither could any other time. They can't see it now. They couldn't see it in the days of Elijah. How could this one old fuzzy face... A prophet. God forgive me for saying a thing like that, but I—I I miss making. God knows, I'm trying to make a, uh, make it as ridiculous as I can, so that you can see the the spirit of God. Like Paul said, I never come to you speaking with enticing words and wisdom, or your minds would drift off to the wisdom. But I come with the power of the Holy Spirit—that your—that your 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 hope and trust would rest not in the wisdom of man, but in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. That's why I'm making this so ridiculous for calling that great godly prophet with a fuzzy face because he might have been a, an awful looking thing to stand up side of a well-dressed priest and call himself a man of God to look at him. You can see the holiness of that priest in the intellectual mind. You can see the turban on his head and the turned around and the ephah laying on his bosom here. You can see the anointing or natural upon his beard running down to the hems of his skirt. You can see the sacrifice fires burning in all the rituals and order. Now that's what the natural mind would have went to. That's what they're trying to do today. The eye, the gate to the soul. But you see the spiritual eye back in that eye. They looked at this old fuzzy looking man standing there, hairs on his chest, and a great big piece of sheepskin wrapped around him, of leather, a girdle over his loins, with probably barefooted little old skinny arms, the meat hanging down this way. And a white flowing beard all over his face and a crooked stick in his hand standing there. But the spiritual eye could see the power of God moving out there because it's exactly with the Word. Not what the intellect sees. What the spiritual eye sees. And uh, the natural eye today sees a glamorous church, a fellowship with the mayor of the city, or, or what more, in these denominations organizations. And they fail to see the power of the Holy Spirit when it can raise the dead and heal the sick, and and, and how see they look at the, they watch Hollywood and they watch the people on the street. The women today think, well, this woman Susie, she belongs to the church. She's got her hair bobbed. She wears makeup. Everybody in town likes her. I wonder about heaven when it's contrary to the Word. God can't endorse it. He would be endorsing against himself. He would be denying his own word. And be it known, God will never do that. Though heavens and earth pass away, a bob-haired woman is a curse in the sight of God. Amen. A woman that has put on a garment pertains to a man. See, the spiritual eye catches it. They live for hereafter. The natural mind lives to reason the carnal things of the day. Notice now, God doing this and yet the people didn't know it. The carnal mind was going with the reason. God is now calling a spiritual exodus. Where he called a natural exodus for his people. He's calling a spiritual exodus today to his what? His elected. Only to his elected. Now, Egypt could not see Israel being right. Though the lamb's blood on the door and and the little post and the things that was taking place and God down there moving in this prophet and taking a man's word, let him stand up there and take a a staff that he is leaning on and reach towards the east and said, let there come fly and loaf over the Egyptians. Walked back there and everybody said, nothing happened. Nothing happened. But just in a little while, an old green fly must start circling around. After a while, they were probably two pounds per square yard that a man Hope! Oh, creation into existence. Amen. There was an intellectual uh, Ramesses standing there that was against a very religious man and against the spirit of the living God. And the natural mind could only see Ramesses. But the spiritual mind seen the promise. Amen. And seen it coming to pass. Well, if Joshua and Caleb could call those Amalekites and Hattites and Jewanites as though they wasn't there, they had twice or three or four times their size. And the natural mind of Cadish Canaanites, when the spies went over said, oh, we can't do it. We're there they're too much. Well, we're like, we're like grasshoppers. But Caleb and Joshua, seeing God's promise, said we're more than able to do it. Amen. While they were looking, God said, I'll give you the land. See, the carnal mind don't get it. The spiritual mind picks it up. And why, I want to ask you something. Why didn't the Egyptians see these things? Because they was not elected. God told Abraham before it happened, Get it, you sleeping church! God told Abraham before it happened, Your seed will sojourn in, in Egypt for 400 years, and I'll bring them out. That's the reason they've seen it, because they were elected to see it. Amen. The election, Israel was elected to see the sign of God. And they went out of Egypt where the unbelievers perished. And today, God's calling His elected the spiritual seed of Abraham by the faith that he had in the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Don't you see the spiritual seed today? Yeah. That don't see the intellectual church. It sees the Word. Yeah. Hallelujah. And it's being called from those big denominations into the presence of Jesus Christ. It was that clear. did you get it? All right. We'll go further. The elected only, Dr. D.L.P.H. And never see it. They wasn't elected. And remember, this election is coming out. It's just not going to another nation. It's going to glory. Where their names are wrote on the Lamb's book of life, not under the natural little animal lamb that brought Israel out, that they could backslide from there and go back. But this can't. This is under the blood of the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world, and their names were put on the Lamb's Book of Life before the foundation of the world. And they're in there elected, and when that light flashes over them like that, then the denominational walls drop away from them here in town. Come out from among them, said the Holy Spirit in these last days. Touch not their unclean things. I'll be God to you. You be sons and daughters to me. Watch. Israel was watching. They know that God dealt with his prophets. The word come to them, and they come to see it, and they seen it. And now, the intellectual sign, we see it now, that they're believing on their organizations. They're still in their creeds, yet they, just like Balaam was, they come up to the top of the hill where Israel was. There was Israel, not a nation, it was just a people floating around. And were guilty. And Moab, his brother, the intellectual, the organized man, come up to the top of the hill with the bishop or the prophet they had and put up an altar and offered the same sacrifice. But he failed to see the pillar of fire and the smitten rock among Israel. So is it today. The intellectual mind was looking at the celebrities standing there. They failed to see the smitten wrong. Even the bishop himself failed to see the power of the Holy Spirit, the shout of the king in the camp. They failed to see it. So that's the way it is again today. God is calling his elected people, and they are elected now. And now they are elected for what? For resurrection. And what kind of a sign is he showing them? Resurrection sign. What was he showing them in? A delivering sign. To deliver them from the bondage. A sign of power that could shut the heavens or could black the skies. And now he's showing the power of the resurrection of his son living among them. To resurrect them from this grave and graveyard that we're in to the land that he's promised to us. Resurrection sign. Calling out of spiritual Egypt and spiritual Babylon. Knowing, let me say this quietly uh, now, that you'll catch it. Doing it by the same system that he did at the beginning. <laughs> same thing he's doing: blinding the eyes of the unbeliever, opening the eyes of the believer. I notice politics doing it on the intellectual side, politics in church, politics in nations, everything. And the other side is a hit away from them, a spiritual cause. God took one man in the wilderness, trained him up, and brought him back and took the thing over and brought the people out. See what I mean? He cannot change his program. He's God. He'll never deal with a group. He never did. He deals with an individual. And he did, and he will, and he promised even in Malachi for you do it. Amen. That's right. So there's his promise what he was, promise what he said he would do, and here we are. Amen. What a people happy we should be. Giving him the sign. By his promise word sign. Promise word. He promised he would do it. And they shall restore the faith of the people, the hearts of the people back to the faith of the original Pentecostal fathers. He promised to do it, showing his signs and as it was in the days of Sodom. So shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. What kind of a sign did the churches see at Sodom? What did the intellectual church see? Two preachers. What did the spiritual church elect Abraham and his group? saw God manifested in a body of flesh, of human flesh, that could discern the Spirit and tell what Sarah was saying behind him. As it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. We see the Holy Spirit among us doing the same thing. Working in human flesh. It's the hour. See, We're just here, friends. That's all. An exodus is on. But now, notice... He did it then, but what? Notice, and put on your spiritual thinking. May the Holy Spirit just lay back the old cap of indifference now and look close. God ever makes a decision to do anything one way, He can never change it. In the Garden of Eden, when He wanted to redeem a man back to fellowship, He made a decision. It was the blood. They've tried education. They've tried denomination. They've tried nationalize and everything else, and it never works. There's only one place that God will ever meet with a man that's under the shed blood like it was in Eden. It's never changed. Only place God met in the days of Job was under the sacrificial lamb. Only place He met in the days of Israel under sacrificial lamb, like He did in the Garden of Eden under the sacrificial lamb. The only place he meets today is not in the denominations they fuss and stew amongst one another. Not in church entity. They still do the same thing. Not in the intellectuals that are all mixed up. But under the blood of the Lamb every believer can meet with fellowship. Amen. Where the life is. God chose in the days of the Exodus. He called out a group. And out of that group, I want you to notice something. He only got that went to the Promised Land. What did he choose to take him out by politics, organization? He chose a prophet with a supernatural sign of a pillar of fire that the people wouldn't be mistaken. What the prophet said was the truth. God come down a pillar of fire and vindicated himself, showed his word. Is that right? That's what he brought his first exodus, his second exodus. God always goes in threes; he's perfect in threes. You all notice my preaching; it's always threes and sevens. Seven is a complete; threes is his perfection. First, second, and third pull, and oh, everything. See, justification, sanctification, baptism, the Holy Ghost, Father, Son, everything. Notice what did he do the first exodus? He sent a prophet, anointed with a pillar of fire, and he called the people out. That was his first exodus. And when Israel's time was up, he sent again a God prophet with a pillar of fire. John saw it descending from heaven like a dove. And he said, I go to God, and I return to God. At his death, burial, and resurrection, of Tarsus on his road down to Damascus, saw that same pillar of fire, and him being a Hebrew, well taught in the Word, said, Lord! Who are you?" He knew it was the Lord, that pillar of fire. He's a Hebrew. He said, Who are you? And he said, I'm Jesus. The second exodus, he brought a prophet anointed, which was his son, God prophet. Moses said he'd be a prophet, and had a pillar of fire and done signs and wonders. And that same prophet said, That whosoever believeth in me the works that I do, shall he do also. And here promised the same thing in the Exodus in the last days and he cannot change it. And by scientific proof, by the witness of the Spirit, by the works of the Spirit, we see it today. The great pillar of fire moving among us and the signs and wonders of the resurrection of Jesus Christ calling the people from a denominationalism into the presence of Jesus Christ to them. Going to a land. No mistake, friends, It's not what I'm saying. I'm just your brother. But it's what God's proving to you. What makes it the truth? Same pillar of fire he used for the other two. He's brought it among you today and proved it by scientific. As you know, Life magazine packed it last month over there. How many were sure hear me tell about that what happened before it did? I think about everyone in the church. There it is. They don't know what it's all about. The scientists are trying to... Anybody got a picture of it called in? A cloud 26 miles high in the shape of a pyramid. Seven angels representing there brought back and brought you the Word of God. Under the inspiration, it tells you these hours that you're coming. you living in. The spiritual mind will pick that right now. Okay? You get it. It's an exodus. We're going to leave one of these days. Thanks be to God. Remember, Now I'll close just a minute. I've got 10 minutes. Notice, the pillar of fire that called them out led them to the promised land under the anointing of a prophet. A pillar of fire that they could look at. (sighs) Led them to the promised land under an anointed prophet. And they constantly turned him down. Is that right? Sure. Now, I know we've got to have a baptismal service i got about six pages more here, I guess, but I'm going to stop now just in a minute. Watch it. We are in a calling out. Come out of Babylon, my people, said the angel's voice. Out of what? Confusion. Is the Methodist right or the Baptist or the Catholic? Come out of it. God is right. How do you know? Let every man's word be a lie and mind the truth come out of it. What do you know? The same pillar of fire. The same anointing spirit leading to the promised land. Notice. Led them, brought them out, led them to the promised land, Israel, the nation, and the same God, the same pillar of fire that only, they say that the, um, that, uh, that camera, when you read George J. Lacey, not me now, you le- read where George J. Lacey examined that picture, the head of the FBI for fingerprinting documents, there's his statement. Someone says a double-exposed lens. Tens of thousands of people looked at it with their own eyes. We stood here and looked at it. You've looked at it. Yeah. It isn't. They said it was an optical illusion. What did Mr. Lacey say? The mechanical eye of this camera won't take psychology. (laughs) What an optical illusion that's there, the same pillar of fire. Then they say, oh, well, that was an illusion. Now, cameras all for in hundreds of miles of Tucson, six months before it happened, we told you by the Holy Spirit. I would be going there to pick up the news because the pyramids riding on the outside as a brother had the dream. Now, I interpret it to you. That's the entire interpretation. Now, all the mysteries of justification, sanctification, baptism, the Holy Ghost is done explained. Now, picking up the loose ends of that, which is concealed in the seven seals, not the seven churches, the seven seals reveal the mysteries. And then he opened this thing up the top and found a rock in there white, but it had never been wrote on. Is a mystery. Go to Tucson, foretell it before it happened. Stand north of Tucson, witness it, standing here with it. When a blast comes and shook the mountains off the ground almost. And at the same time, a circle of light hanging out in the air. When the science took the pictures out, 26 miles high, about five times the distance of Fall Greeny could be. And they can't even find what did it. It shall be light. About the evening time. Hallelujah. The path to glory you will surely find. If you're elected, that seed falls upon dry grounds or upon rocks. It'll never do nothing. Hard, stony hearts. It wants to be indifferent, but if it'll fall upon the soft, mellow ground of faith, it'll bring forth a Christian bearing fruits of the Spirit. Notice... How that God did that? Now he's got that same pillar of fire that's vindicated. Somebody said, won't you go tell them scientists about that? Do you think they'd believe it? Cast not your pearls before swine. Jesus said not to. I have no leadings to do it. Yet living right in the city there where they was calling for it, I thought I'd go down the Holy Spirit said stay away. It's not to them. Go back and tell the tabernacle.
1: Amen.
2: Yeah. All right. And it shall come to pass. If what they say comes to pass, then remember, I have spoken, the Lord says to him. Before it happens, there it happens. Listen to the Bible. the voice of God calling to you in this day. Now, I want you to notice, this same pillar of fire is leading the people again to a promised land. The millennium, where we found under the inspiration of this sixth seal, that's never been taught before how the earth has to be purified for the millennium. The pillar of fire is leading them to a millennium, and notice the pillar of fire that led Israel from the bondage in that exodus, the pillar of fire under the leadership of God God was the fire and the pillar of fire only anointed the prophet the pillar of fire was to stand as a heavenly witness that Moses was called out you remember Dathan Am said well we ought to start an organization Moses takes too much upon yourself you try to say you're the only holy one among us all the congregation of the Lord is holy how can you take this upon yourself and Moses fell on his face and started weeping God said separate yourself from him I'll just open up the earth and swore him away Type. How can Moses told him that he was telling him what God had said? God vindicating it to be the truth. Even Miriam, the prophetess herself, and Aaron laughed at Moses for marrying that Ethiopian girl, making fun of him. And God got angry. Speak against his servant. What did he do? He called him out to the tabernacle door. And Miriam, yet she was a prophetess. But Moses was more than a prophet. Amen. More than a prophet. He said, don't you fear God? If there's a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will speak to him in visions and make myself known to him in dreams. But said, not Moses. He said, don't you fear God? And she's she's half dead with leprosy that minute. You know that. Didn't he say, John the Baptist, did you go out to see a prophet? Yes, more than a prophet. Never. Why? Why was he more than a prophet? He was the messenger of the covenant.
3: Never.
2: The ark that blended those two dispensations together. And today the, what we have among us, this great Holy Spirit, is more than a prophet. Never. It's God manifested among us with his word to prove it. Does more than a prophet. Thousands times more than the prophets do. Elijah, one of the greatest prophets of the age, only done four things supernatural in all of his life of 80-something years. And Elisha, the double potion, done eight. And we see thousands times thousands. With our own eyes, look at the angel of the Lord in a pillar of fire. Scientific search, taking it to the world, knowing if they're going to be judged by it. What did that land do? That angel of the Lord, which was Christ. You believe it? Saint John six, they was all drinking this water and having a big time and rejoicing. He said, "I'm the bread of life that come from God out of heaven. I'm that rock that was in the wilderness." They said, "Now we know you're crazy. You're you're crazy. You, you got a devil on you. You're a crazy man with a devil. You're." People get a spirit on. Them. Sometimes they get very active, religious. He said, "You are, you are a devil. You got a devil on you. You're a Samaritan, and you got a devil on you." Said, "And here, you're, you're not even more than 50 years old." And say, "You seen Abraham? I can see him step back a couple of steps." Said, "I am that I am. Before Abraham was, I am." That was a burning fire, a pillar of fire in the bush. When he died and rose on the third day and Saul met him on the road down, he was back to that pillar of fire. He said, I come from God and I go to God. When Peter was in prison, that pillar of fire come in, open the doors, and took him on the outside. That's right. Where did that pillar of fire lead him? Now remember, Moses was not the pillar of fire. He was the anointed leader under that pillar of fire, and the pillar of fire only vindicated his message with signs and wonders. And that pillar of fire led them to the land that God promised them where He Himself would be made flesh among them someday. Is that right? What did they do? Murmured and squirmed and everything else to show us on the blood of an ordinary lamb. But this time, glory to God, the pillar that we see among us, the pillar of fire, will lead us to the millennium. Where he will return to his people. And that great millennium reign after this Exodus, where we'll live eternally with him. He always has the word of the Father, always proves that it's right. We are in an Exodus. And leaving and turning the tapes off in a moment. Oh, my friends, my brothers both present and that will hear the tapes. Let me, as your brother and citizen of the kingdom of God, come out in this exodus, for all that's left behind will bear the mark of the beast. Come out of Babylon. Come out of this confusion. Come out of these systems and serve the living God. Let. This great angel of the covenant, Jesus Christ, in the form of God, thought it not robbery, but become equal with God. Now he's a pillar of fire in the same form that he was back there, bringing that first exodus, bringing the second exodus, and here he is with the third exodus. The first exodus, what did he do? He brought them out of a natural land to a natural land. The second exodus, he brought them out from a spiritual condition into a spiritual baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now he's bringing them from the spiritual baptism of the Holy Ghost right back into the eternal land of the millennium and the great hereafter. Same pillar of fire by the same anointed system, the same God doing the same things, and the same Word declared the first one declared the second one. The same Word declared the second one has declared the third one. And here we see it among us. Come out! Oh, come out of this chaos! Come to the living God. Come to the Word, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And now He's in our flesh dwelling among us. Come out and serve the living God.
0: As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for the promised third exodus, which is our journey to the skies, where you shall take us back, Lord, to immortality. We thank thee, Father, for thy wonderful work of grace and salvation that you've wrought in our lives, where we are saved by none other but the blood of God. We thank thee that you have made us kings and priests unto thee, and that you live in us, and therefore we are gods. Father, help us to never forget this and to walk, Lord, with pride and knowing that we are sons of the King. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback.
3: I remember the place Where Jesus so sweetly came in And he took all my burdens I carried so long When I first got a vision of him Oh, don't lose a vision Oh, Jesus, keep your eyes ever on Him. Many friends and your loved ones, they have lost their way. They have lost their vision of Him. has saved me from sin and he cleansed me within and his glory is flooding my soul and he healed me from sickness I had carried so long when I first got a vision of him Oh, don't lose a vision of Jesus. Keep your eyes ever on Him. Many friends and your loved ones, they have lost their way. They have lost their vision of Him. Hold lose a vision of Jesus Keep your eyes ever on Him Many friends and dear loved ones They have lost their way They have lost their vision of Him